Hi, and welcome to Crisis Conversations, a new podcast from the British Red Cross. It kills. It's. It just kills. It does something that is not. I don't even. I wouldn't want anybody to go through it because of what I felt. You phone home, but you don't want to tell them too much. It's a little bit like alcoholism, where you have to admit that you have a problem. I didn't realise it was happening. In this episode, we tackle the silent crisis happening at home, a hidden epidemic that affects more than 9 million people in the UK, an epidemic of loneliness. If anyone would have said to me, are you lonely or isolated, I would have said no, because I was young, I didn't think loneliness affected younger people and I had my phone, if I wanted to go out I could have, so I didn't think at the time I was lonely but looking back on it now, I was. That's Vicky Day. Vicky first experienced loneliness when she was just 19 while recovering from a car accident. She was hit by a drunk driver and suffered serious back injuries. For months I was limited to what I could do because of my mobility and also because I didn't, for me it was easier pretending it wasn't happening, so shutting myself away was the easiest option. From that I didn't want to leave the house, I didn't recognise myself as being someone in a wheelchair and didn't want my friends to see me like that um, and as a result just shut myself away completely. Vicky said she only realised she was lonely when her friends in the Red Cross emergency response team asked her to help them out on a call. And for me, that first time leaving the house made me realise how much I missed it and was the shock into saying, I really am lonely and I am isolating myself because of this. And for me, that was the wake up that I needed to then get back out and carry on. Vicky is now mostly recovered from her injuries and now works with the Red Cross to help other people experiencing loneliness and isolation. So for me, it, it was what I've always wanted to do. And it's been such a help for me being able to be there for other people and I don't think I would have been able to do that without the support the Red Cross gave me initially. And just knowing I can hopefully give something like that back to someone else is amazing. I'm joined now in the studio by Olivia Field, a Senior Policy and Advocacy Officer at the Red Cross who specialises in health and social care. So Olivia, we all have an understanding of what it means to be lonely, but how are these terms actually defined? So loneliness is a feeling that occurs when there's something missing or lacking in a pers person's social relationship. So it's, it's lacking meaningful connections. Um, people often conflate social isolation with loneliness, but they are actually two different things. Um, you can effectively be lonely uh, in a crowded room of people, in which case you might not be socially isolated. So social isolation is more objective. It's about not having those kind of social ties or not being integrated into a community or society. Sure, and how common is loneliness? I mean, people often associate it with the elderly, but anyone could be affected by it, can't they? Yeah, so our own research at the end of last year uh, found that one in five people are lonely, often or always. So that's equating to about nine million people of all ages. So yeah, just like you said, people think that it's just something that affects older people older people who might typically be socially isolated but it can actually affect people of all ages and we know that there are particular groups that are at high risk of loneliness but also when people are going through life transitions they're at high risk so losing mobility for example or uh, getting divorced or separated or their children moving out of home or becoming a mum for the first time and stopping working. And people associate 
social media and things and having lots of friends and even cool friends and things like Facebook. But that doesn't mean just because you're on social media doesn't mean you can't be lonely. Yeah. And there's actually a big debate about how social media is playing into uh, what's been defined as an epidemic of loneliness. Um, so some people think that social media has really um, worsened people's kind of meaningful connections and ties because more people are on the internet facing a screen. Uh, it's not as meaningful. Other people really advocate for stuff that you can do via you know, digital channels. You can stay more connected with people who are living far away. Um, if, if you have mobility issues, for example, you might be able to stay connected to people even if you can't leave the house or, or socialize as much you know, face-to-face. There are lots of different kind of pros and cons to, to both of those. So what does the Red Cross do specifically to help people affected by loneliness or isolation? So we know that loneliness and social isolation are the two most common um, issues affecting our service users in health and in our health and social care services. So that's when we're taking people home from hospital, uh, when we're transporting people to important medical um, appointments, um, when we're just getting to know people, making sure that they have food in the fridge, that there's no obvious falls hazards. We always start with the question, what would you like me to be able to help you to do? That's how we start all of our encounters in health and social care. And most typically, people's responses are around improving their social networks. So it's a huge issue. Um, And we help people in many, many ways to do that, from providing short-term wheelchair loans um, to uh, connecting people to their community. A community connector will get to know somebody They'll start to understand what, what's led them to becoming lonely. Um, and they'll look for often just simple but effective solutions, um, linking people up to a local network, um, helping people with the internet so they can stay connected to their family abroad. It can really range, uh, but it's, it's proving effective already. It's early days. We aim to help thousands of people through these new services. So really exciting stuff. Well, it's great that people can go out there and help people in their communities. But I think lots of listeners will be surprised when you say there are 9 million people um, suffering from loneliness in the UK. So why do you think there's this kind of silent epidemic almost of loneliness? There are lots of reasons. Um, we, we don't know if the situation is getting worse or better. And that's because until recently, it, people haven't taken the issue very seriously. Um, people haven't understood that, you know, loneliness can be as damaging for your health as, you know, smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Um, People don't realise that, you know, people are showing up to GP surgeries or A&E because they're socially isolated and lonely. Um, It's putting pressure on individuals. It's damaging them on a personal way, but it's also putting pressure on on our system hugely. And people are starting to recognise that. They're recognising that it is a serious issue. Um, and that we need to do something about it. So it's it's early stages. We have no baseline apart from, you know, we, we estimate there's 9 million people. Before that, there was no full baseline. There's been lots of research into the experience of older people, but not of all ages. Um, so one of the things we're actually calling on government to do is to look into this more. So we should be tracking whether people are getting lonelier or or, or actually interventions that are kind of starting to pop up across the country are helping reduce loneliness um, we need to do a lot more research into what what actually tackles loneliness effectively uh, all the interventions that that we're implementing we're putting in place a robust evaluation which will be really really good in terms of kind of moving forward with this um, but you know one of the biggest reasons is that people are often 
afraid to say that they're lonely. You know, they don't understand that maybe even what it is, what the feelings are, um, but also that this is affecting millions of other people in situations just like them and that there is help available. Mr Green first started feeling lonely after his wife passed away. Then, when his two beloved cats died as well, he really sank into his isolation. I felt lonely all the time and I cried every day and night. I kept everything hemmed up inside me. Yeah. All these years. Yeah. You know, I, I never just... told anybody. Yeah. And I you... think it got to that stage where I just... I, I thought we're dying at one time. Yeah. Because... I thought, well, what have I got to live for? I was being very depressed, uh, very awful person, really. I was um, really the, the worst person on earth you could wish to meet. It was around this time that he first met Nazia, a Red Cross community connector. The pair struck up a friendship after she started to visit Mr Green. You really brought me out of things. Mm. You drove me all over. Mm. <coughs> you took me here, there and everywhere. Yeah, and what we did was, uh, I was worried because you were quite emotional when we I first was, met. Yeah. And then um, uh, we, uh, I supported you with your visit to Mind. Yeah. And uh, we talked about your feelings. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we also um, visited the park, yeah. uh, the local park. Yeah. And uh, it was great just chatting um, because you weren't talking about your feelings, were you? No, no. Uh, so that was nice. It was really good. Yeah. You really brought me out of it. Um, oh, I always thought it was only a cat, well, two cats, but... But it meant a lot to you. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it what really matters. Is, yeah. Yeah. After a few weeks, Nazia set up something she knew would help with Mr Green's feeling of loneliness, a new kitten. I didn't know what to call it. So Nazia came round with the, the morning I got the kitten, she brought the kitten down, and um, she, she said, it's no name. I said, oh, well... Oh, I don't know what to call. I said, well, would it be all right with you if I call it Nazia? Yeah. And she said, yeah, of yeah. course it will. I'd be delighted, yeah. you know. Oh. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I was um, actually quite surprised. You just kind yeah. of, yeah, shared it with me when I dropped her off, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, I said, yeah, more than welcome. It's uh, the first time someone's actually named a cat after me. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. yeah, it was uh, actually quite an honour, yeah, that you <laughs> wanted to name her Nazia. Yeah. Um, I just told it, I think I'd... I did much, but you know, obviously, whatever I did, I made such a difference to yeah, you, yeah. and uh, I'm just like thrilled uh -huh. um, that you know um, it's changed your life around. Oh, it yeah. has, yeah. yeah, fantastic. It really has. Yeah. It's uh, just put me on top of the world, and thank you, Nadia. You made me very happy. Oh no, you're welcome. You really are. Yeah, well, you're most welcome. British Red Cross supports thousands of people every year who are experiencing loneliness and isolation. To find out what support is available in your community and discover how you could join your nearest team, search Red Cross Lonely online. Thanks to Vicky, Olivia, Nazia and Mr Green for taking part in this episode. Please join us in the new year for more episodes of Crisis Conversations. Thank you for listening. <laughs>